Hello, SCF Student Ministries. Devin here, uh, bringing you week three of our rad series that we are currently doing. Um, been going through the '90s and just div- we've we've gone through fashion, we've gone through uh, TV shows and movies and all and uh, music. Um, this week we're kind of going on on words, '90s words. And if you're talking about '90s words, it might be like some of those bands or fashion trends or whatever it might be. Um, but I don't think there is anything more uh, that screams 90s than four words, a phrase, uh, did I do that? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite shows uh, that I watched reruns growing up all the time uh, was Family Matters. The character Steve Urkel was, is like iconic. I bet there are lots of you that uh, say that phrase or have heard that phrase and have no idea where it comes from. But I'm telling you, it came from the 90s. It came from Steve Urkel. Um, so if you're not familiar with the show, I'll fill you in a little bit. 90s sitcom that was all about the Winslow family, uh, and their nerdy neighbor, Steve Urkel, Steve Urkel. So Urkel was an odd guy. Uh, he was brilliant and lovable, but goofy, unpopular, and clumsy. Uh, since his clumsiness often resulted in some kind of destruction, we heard Steve say the phrase, did I do that multiple times an episode, right? He was constantly messing things up and that was his his catchphrase right uh but there's something else that we saw in many of these early episodes uh urkel and fuffner who was the school school bully exchanging words uh and it's pretty obvious from watching the show that this guy is just a huge jerk right bullies everyone uh so it's no surprise why the audience loves it when that steve lands like a comeback or something right we're gonna watch a clip about that uh in uh on wednesday night um, and we've all been in situations where we've exchanged insults with someone else, whether it's in fun or in anger. Uh, sometimes we use words like weapons, like when we gossip, start rumors, criticize, mock, tease, or insult each other. Um, so, I mean, think about this uh, to yourself. Have you gotten angry because of someone else's words recently? Have you been hurt or embarrassed by someone's words recently? Or have you said anything to anger, hurt, or embarrass someone else recently? I mean, we've all been hurt by others' words, and we've all used our words like weapons. So today, we're going to talk about our words uh, because they can carry a lot of weight. I remember growing up, um, I was teased a lot just because I'm short, uh, which now looking back seems silly because it's not really an insult. It's just a fact (laughs) that I'm short, which I don't really care. I don't care about anymore. At a certain point, I stopped caring when people called that it got old kind of um but when I was younger before I really understood that I was jealous of people that were taller I played a lot of sports so it was kind of something I felt like I was having to like overcome constantly um and so people using it as an insult did hurt me when I was younger um and it's probably not difficult for you to remember some of the hurtful things that you that have been said to you whether it was a family member a friend a bully or a person on the internet uh, hurtful words stick with us, right? For a long time, they have a lot of power. So what do we do when someone's words hurt us deeply? And what do we do when we really want to use our words like weapons? Um, like we mentioned last week, there were a lot of people who thought Jesus was too radical. Uh, he was different. He was revolutionary. He was countercultural. What Jesus said about loving God and loving others was radical, and what he teaches us about our words is pretty radical as well. 
So throughout this series, we are looking to the Bible for practical advice on how to change the world with God's radical love. And that search has led us to the book of James, which is what we've been going through. Um, This book is really just a letter that's written by a guy named James, who was Jesus's brother, uh, which is just mind-blowing to think about, right? Um, I don't know if James and Jesus ever got into fights when they were kids, but I would be pretty fi- pretty terrified, right, to go verbally toe-to-toe with Jesus. Not just because he's God, but uh, when you read the stories of Jesus in the New Testament, it's clear that Jesus was extremely clever with uh, how he responded to uh, unkind words, right? Whenever someone tried to fight, trick, or debate with him, Jesus always had some some sort of comeback that really just made people stop and they didn't get another word out, right? Um, James was around Jesus his entire life, so he probably lost a few debates to him, right? He Because he knew Jesus so well, the letter he wrote is packed with summaries of Jesus' teachings retold in James' own words. And uh, James is known for his very straightforward instructions for how to follow Jesus. So these teachings might seem simple, but they have the power to create radical change. So let's open up James and we're going to check uh, to see what James says in his letter. So we're going to be James uh, chapter 3 verses 2 through 12. And I'm going to read that now. So it says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So James uses a lot of... uh, word pictures, right, to help us understand the power of our words. So there's three things in particular. First, he talks about the bit, and this is a small piece of metal that lets humans guide huge animals with very little effort. In the hands of any rider, the bit is a helpful tool that keeps both human and horse on the right track. Next, he brings up the rudder, and James writes about the rudder of a boat, but maybe you're more familiar with the rudder of an airplane. I mean, can you spot the rudder on an airplane? It's that tiny flap on the very back of the tail. And it really is amazing that such an enormous machine is steered by this little flap, right? All the way in the back. And the last thing he says is the spark. We use small controlled sparks to light candles, campfires, fireplaces, stoves, whatever it is. But an uncontrolled spark, like our uncontrolled words, can cause significant damage to those around us and the area around us, right? The words we say might seem small, but they have the potential to make a significant impact. 
And when the words we say are harmful, the harm they cause can be significant as well. You can see James lamenting in this passage about how difficult it is for us to control our tongues. We say hurtful things one minute and then turn around to pray or sing a worship song the next. He's frustrated and fed up, and probably with himself as well as with others. So remember before when we said that James often retold the teachings of Jesus in his own words. So let's look, take a look at one time when Jesus said something that sounds very familiar to this. So in this passage, some religious leaders showed up to exchange words with Jesus. Uh, they didn't like the radical things that Jesus had to say, so they often picked fights with him. And this time they tried to debate Jesus about the way his followers were eating. According to these leaders, Jesus' friends weren't following the right religious rulers rules around food. So we're going to read through this passage and see how Jesus actually, how much Jesus actually cared about his disciples' eating habits. So we're going to be in Mark uh, chapter seven, uh, a couple of verses here, and then we'll skip down. So six verses six through eight says he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. All right, we're going to skip down to verses 20 through 23. Uh, Here it says, He went on, What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So here we can make some important observations about words. Jesus' words might sound harsh. He isn't cruel, but he calls the religious leaders hypocrites and doesn't hold back from telling them the truth. God doesn't want our hypocritical words. No matter how many words we use to pray or worship, God isn't impressed with the holy things we say when we're also using our words to hurt others. And lastly, our words reflect our hearts. Jesus reminds us to look at what's in our hearts because what's in our hearts determines what comes out of our mouths. If we're filled with greed, pride, or jealousy, it's not just our words we need to address. It's our hearts. Both Jesus and James knew this was true. The words we say matter because they're a reflection of who we really are. So we need to watch what we say and watch what's in our hearts. I mean, can you imagine how your family, friends, school, or the world could be different if we decided not to use our words like weapons? If we could find a new way to use our words, the change would be radical in the way uh, that we interact with people around us. I mean, do you want to see that radical change? Are you not sure what you think about Jesus, but you know you want to see more good and less hate in the world? Then James tells us how to love like people or love like Jesus. Radical people watch their words. I mean, I can think of all kinds of people in my life that uh, were just incredible encouragers in my life. Whenever I found myself in a hard spot, there were certain people I knew that I could turn to that their words were so encouraging and so helpful that it would instantly make me feel better by just talking to them. And sometimes it's easier to remember the hurtful things that have been said to us than it is to remember the encouraging things. But people's encouraging words, they stay with us as well. Even if we can't remember the, those, those words word for word, we remember the way their words changed us. Since James... Use lots of object lessons to talk about words. I'm going to give you a few as well. 
So words are kind of like tattoos. Once you get one, it doesn't go away. It might fade slightly over time, and you could try to have it removed or covered up with another one, another tattoo, but the message of the original will be etched into your skin for life, right? So like a tattoo, you can't take back the words that you say. Yes, you can apologize for hurtful things you've said, but the wounds left by your words won't just simply disappear. But your words of love, hope, and encouragement won't disappear either. They leave a mark that lasts as well. And that's why it's so important to watch our words carefully, as if we're using binoculars. When we speak, we need to look at our words up close. So, here's what to do with what we see. First, wonder about your words. Whether you're speaking in person or online, pay attention to the words that you say. Are they hurtful? Helpful? Are they true? Are they kind? Number two, spend extra time thinking before you speak. Before you send that text, post that comment, or make that joke, pause for a little bit longer than you usually would. It's so easy to be careless with our words, but this pause can help us think about the impact that our words make. Number three is forgive when words hurt. We can't forget, unhear, or even unsay hurtful words, but we can forgive ourselves and others when words hurt. Forgive each other. Forgive yourself. We're all still growing and learning together, right? Lastly, choose words that help. Watching our word doesn't mean staying silent or only saying nice things. Like Jesus, sometimes we need to say words that are true, and yet they are uncomfortable. So how do we know what to say? Try saying words that help, uplift, speak truth, or challenge others to be more like Jesus. This week, I want to encourage you to watch your words by writing down your words. You can use the paper uh, or use a piece of paper in front of you uh, to take notes, but here's what I want you to do each day. Write down at least one thing you said, either hurtful or helpful, hurtful or helpful. If it was hurtful, ask God to help you understand why you said what you did and ask for strength and healing to be different. Then make it right with the person you hurt. If it was helpful, ask God to help you use more of your words to love others like Jesus would. It's not easy to be so careful about our words, but that's the point. Radical, important, world-changing things are never easy, right? If they were, we would already be doing it. This week, will you decide to do something simple but difficult? Will you do something radical? Will you strive to love God and others with the words you say? And I really do hope that you follow through with this because radical people watch their words. And and I hope that comes across to you guys. Uh, I'm excited to keep uh, going with this series. Uh, we'll be finishing up next week our last meeting for September before we start a new series. Uh, and I'll see you next time.